Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm Courtney. And I'm MK. And how are ya? You know, I have definitely been better. I'm a little bit stuffy and gross um, because, you know, last weekend it was 35 degrees and this weekend it's 75 degrees, which is yeah. super good for my system. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, last night I worked at Shays for the first time in a month. Nice. Um, and it was for a staged reading performance of Avita, and it was a performance. It was not great. <clears throat> it wasn't. my friends who were in it did a lovely lovely job i enjoyed their performances very much um the broadway persona who was brought in was a very poor casting choice and i did not care for her performance at all and i will not say who it is because I don't want to do that, but it won't be that hard to find out if you know how to use the internet. Um, It was not great. Not great at all. In fact, um, I literally, during a new Argentina, I was like, I I would walk out, quite literally would walk out. But while watching this performance of Evita, I learned some very odd but fascinating information okay so my great grandmother who passed away a few years ago my mom and i have been or my mom has been working trying to do everything we just mm-hmm. sold the house right finally i think it closed on monday like it just happened <clears throat> the woman who bought the house is very good friends with my friend karen whose uh, other really close friend is a parent at my school. So there's kids at my school who call me Aunt Miss Lodic. It's the cutest thing because mm-hmm. I'm friends with Karen, so I must be their aunt. That's how that works. So, and like the one day the her friend was like getting, going into the house and getting some stuff done and she like texted me a picture of something that had my grandpa's name on it that was still in the house and everything. So mm-hmm. like, it's really funny. But so this woman just bought my house, right? This woman's mother grew up in the Dominican Republic where she was a professional dancer with with Ava Peron. That's incredible. (laughs) Right? Like, um, I, I called Dan last night and I told him and he was like, I'm sorry, what? I go, you know how I always joke that it's a small world and I know everyone? And he was like, yeah. I was like, I'm now literally three degrees of separation from fucking Ava Perone. That is wild. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah. That. So that was the most exciting part of my night. Did you um, tell her about the ghosts? Did I tell who about the ghosts? They're buying your house, the connection that's buying your house. Oh no, I did not tell her about the ghosts. She's a rude white name. 
No, I don't know if there's ghosts in that house. Which house is that? Oh, the, my great living in no, currently? not the one I'm living in currently. My great grandma's house that we cleaned out and sold. We haven't sold this one yet. Got it. Got it. Yeah. No. When we sell this one, if I know the people who buy it, I'll let them know about the ghosts. I just want to see a ghost, like really bad. That's a over the garden wall quote. Oh, just okay. yeah. Of course it is. Of course it is. Um, the thing that happened last night that was not good is that I found out that the Halloween party that I'm so excited to dress up as Amy Pond for was um, postponed to a day that I work at Shays, and so I am currently trying to convince my friend to take my shift. Um, but if I do that, it means I won't. If I can convince her, it means I won't get to see Tina at Shays. It's a really great show. I'm sure it is. And I don't think she's actually going to go for it. So like, maybe I'll still see it. But like, at this point, I would rather go to a Halloween party than see Tina. And I know that that makes me an insane person. Because like, I have the rest of my life to go to Halloween parties with this family. But also, like, Tina's going to be like, for a bit. Tina, like, Tina, Tina's going to be touring for a bit. And it's a great show, but it's not a show that I'm like super passionate, excited about. And like, this is my first Halloween with Dan and his family. And this is like their big thing. Like this Halloween party is like a big deal. And I really, really don't want to mess it. I understand. I understand. Um, he, Dan freaked out when they told him it was postponed. He was so upset because he was like, Mary Kate works that night. And his mom was like, your aunt is sick. And he was like, sorry. <laughs> he was like, sorry. I, I know that that's important. Like I get it. But also, and I was right. like, why couldn't, I was like, why couldn't they move it to Saturday instead of Friday? He was like, because David works on Saturdays. His brother. Oh, and I was, and I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> David. How dare you? How dare you work selling cheese at Wegmans? He's a yes. che- he he works in the cheese department, like the fancy cheese department. Like he's love like a, a cheese genius. I love that. And he only does it on Saturdays. And so like I can't be mad. I can't what am I gonna do? Say take your one cheese day off? Right. No. That would be insane. It would. You tell me to bring you the best cheese. Oh, yeah, that's true. He should make it up to me. For missing right. the party by giving me fancy cheese. Yes. Right. That's the only solution. Only solution. Yeah. So, and if I can't go to the party, maybe I'll just still make Dan wear a costume and take pictures of me. I love it. Absolutely. You should do that. Yeah. that should be the alternative. Yeah. So, <sighs> how are you? I'm in a bit of a pickle today. I'm Why fine. are you in a pickle? Why are you in a pickle? But we know I picked up this new job doing a and R in my office, yeah, which is soups fun. Love it, can't wait. A lot of work, but I love it, so it's fine. So one of the girls that I pitched to the company plays the long room on Saturday nights, and she's incredibly talented, but her writing lacks a lot of like diversity in it. Like all of her songs kind of sound similar, so it totally makes sense that they don't want to sign her. So I pitched her, so I had to reject her. And tonight at work is the first time I'm going to see her again since then. And she was so nice about it. And she's, like, such a nice person. And, like, we still talked about trying to, like, get together and, like, work on some different stuff together. So, like, but it's just, it's one of those things, like, where you feel It's it's awkward. And it's awkward and you feel bad because, like, you really wanted to do something nice for them and it didn't work out. And now you feel like a jerk. And, like, I feel like I'm making it more awkward than it needs to be. Like, I really don't think she's going to 
be that intense about yeah. it. And I just like, I feel bad. Um, but on a very positive note, um, I watched White Lotus this week. Did you? Which is a show I've never seen, but we have music in it in the new season. So, um, in the first episode, the one that's already out. So I was like, I was like, I've got to watch it if it's like got our stuff in it. And uh, I love it. It's so good. It's like, but it's so like, all the episodes are like over an hour long. They're so long, but it's really good. It's on HBO Max. If anybody's interested, it's kind of like a, so it's meant to be like a, a satire slash kind of mystery slash kind of drama, I guess. It's like a weird, it doesn't really fit into a genre well. That's fair. Um, but I loved it. It was really well done. The first season had um, Connie Britton in it. Love her. I love Connie Britton. Love Connie Britton. Um, and then both seasons have Jennifer Coolidge in them, who also is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm just just I'm living in an emotional state today. It happens. It happens. And I don't want to. Like, I I get it because I'm also in a weird state. Right. You know what I bet wouldn't keep us in a weird state? What do you have for me? Okay. So, Courtney has no idea what's about to happen. Well, she knows. Um, So, I bought something. And I bought one for me. And I bought one for Courtney. And I bought one for my friends Rachel and Kat at work. And I think sometimes you just need this in your life. And it is a little bag. And it says, my little bag of sweary affirmations. Oh, I love it. And it, is, and it is a bag of everyday affirmations that you can just look at. But it is some no bullshit way of looking at it. So oh. I'm just going to reach into the bag and pull one out. And it says, positive vibes only. Fuck negativity. Yes. Yes, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So now I'm, now I'm going to have to keep track of which ones I use. Right. We are thriving in positivity now. Fuck negativity. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, yeah. But in the only way of fashion that Thriller Thursday works, here I am to bring you down. I was like, I was like, fuck negativity, except for like this entire episode. Except this entire episode. It's fine. Um. Right. This episode is Pate's Motel, season four, episode two, called Good Night, Mother. Oh, dear Jesus. I didn't know the name. I didn't know. Sorry. I didn't know the name of the episode. <laughs> and after, no, I have I have so many feelings. I have, I have a lot of feelings as well, which we'll get to. Don't you worry. Um, it aired March 14th, 2016. It was rated 9 out of 10 because, of course, it was. Of course it was. Ah! The number one song and number one movie are still the same. Number one songs work. Number one movie is Utopia. Fine. Those are fair. They needed another week. The number one book is The Gangster by Clive Custler and Justin Scott, which I've not heard of. I'm nope. sure it's lovely. Yeah. Sure it's lovely. Now. On this day, for those of you who are not the largest dorks in the world, it's Pi Day. <laughs> 3.14. It is yes. a Pi Day indeed. 
It is also White Day in Japan, which I just learned about. It is similar to Valentine's Day, where men give women gifts, and that's lovely. Yes. Um, it there is today is the day. Some random facts for you, so just like stay tuned. Today is the day that the NFL admitted that CTEs were connected to playing football. The chronic trauma encephalopathy. Of course. Um, It was 2016 before we admitted that CTEs are connected to football. Great. I actually remember when that happened too. It was wild. Um, It is three people's birthdays. Like the day of their birth? Or just their birthday? Their birthday. They were born in okay. years. Okay. So Michael Caine and Quincy Jones were born on this day in 1933. They share an exact birthday. Uh-huh. And from 1879, they share a birthday with Albert Einstein. Oh, yeah. I knew that Albert Einstein's birthday was that day. I didn't, but now I'll never forget because it makes sense. Yeah. It just makes sense that his birthday and Pi Day are the same day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um that day i was just working at disney living my best life i was in law school falling apart because i was doing con law too and it was stressful it's a rough year i i believe it no this was this was year one because we're march 2016 this was i was fine I was stressed, but I was fine. I was stressed. Uh, You know, I had just gotten done with Mardi Gras. The first time I ever went to Mardi Gras. Man, wild times. Oh, I had a day off this day, and um, Montana, Nancy, Paulina, and I went to Magic Kingdom and uh, took a bunch of pictures in front of the castle. Oh, love that. That's special. Yeah. Yeah. I um, was not having as much fun, I can guarantee you. Um, (laughs) I don't have an exact thing that happened that day. But it was not as much fun as that. Um, so we changed directors. In case it wasn't obvious from how this episode was directed. Right. Um, the whole time. So I do these notes after I watch it. And the whole time I was like, this is not Tucker not Gates. Gates. No. <laughs> I was like, 100% oh, not who this is, but it's not Tucker yeah. Gates. Yeah. It is indeed Tin Southam who has directed one other episode so far called persuasion it's the episode where we met marcus young we learn annika's missing and um um norma is called to the morgue to identify a body and Mm, okay i can i can see how that and it's the episode where emma has to carry drugs to dylan (laughs) when she has their drugs in their car Oh, yes, 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 yes. Which I loved the shots in that episode, which there were a couple times here that I specifically was like, that shot was good. So that makes sense. Yes, I have have more comments than normal about the way things were directed and shot. And I... Yeah. um, Like, listen, don't get me wrong. I love Tucker Gates, but there's something about, like, the way that uh, this guy does visuals that I particularly a fan of. Right. Tucker Gates is consistent. He's good. He's bringing us through all the episodes, but Tim Southam. Yeah. Man. Good, good, good. Man. So, yeah. We've talked about him before, so I'm not going to talk about him again. Yeah. Writers we've also talked about before um, is Tori Spear, who is, she's written on, she wrote on Plunge, the escape artist, check out in Shadows of Adele. So she's written on a few other episodes, but 
She just hasn't in a while. So she's kind of like new to the group that consistently. Right. Um, and our guest star today is also a guest from the very first episode that we did not discuss then. So I'm going to discuss him now. David Cubitt. He plays um, Norman's dad. I don't know. My brain is not here today. So I just like keep shutting off. But he plays Norman's father. Who yeah, is my hated that? They hated that. Hated that. Yep. Um, fun fact, he shares a birthday with Jamie. Caitlin oh, Scott. happy birthday, Jamie. Um, he was born in 65, so obviously not the same year. Obviously not, or else we'd have questions about Caitlin and Jamie. And how he was born in 65, when that's probably when his mom was born. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, a few questions. Um, he is known for medium, Ali. Ray Donovan and Virgin River. Okay. Also, things you may have seen him in recently. He was in an episode of The New Nancy Drew on HBO Max. Okay. Or the CW. I think it's actually the CW. I heard the CW sold. I don't know. That's a whole thing right now with networks. Yeah. Um, and oh. he also has been on an episode of The Good Doctor. That reminds me. I was supposed to make an, epi- an announcement on Sunday's <gasps> episode. Uh, yes. It's fine. We're not too far into the month, so it's okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Please make your announcement before we get I will it. make my announcement now and then I will make it again on the next Sci Fi Sunday for those people who do only listen to the Stargate episodes. But for those of you who listen to all of our podcasts, both horror and sci fi, um, Stargate SG1 is coming off of Netflix um, on November 30th, will be the last day it is on Netflix. It is streaming on Amazon Prime, not on like freebie, like actual just Amazon Prime. So if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can still watch it. MGM was bought by Amazon. So some of the things that are MGM that we're streaming now are Amazon exclusive. Um, Unfortunately, if you are outside of the United States of America, it is not on Amazon Prime. There have been people complaining on this. There have been people complaining on the Stargate Reddit that it's still not on Amazon in some other countries. But if you are in America... It is. I actually don't know what Netflix it's on outside of America, but if you are in America, it is leaving Netflix on November 30th, but it is already streaming on Amazon Prime, so there won't be, like, a gap in streaming. Nice. Yeah, I literally, I went on to watch it, and it was, like, last day to watch, November 30th, and I was like, oh my god, so I immediately started Googling. It didn't tell you? No. I was like, I started, because I wasn't watching, I was watching it on my computer. I was too. I always watched it on my computer. Oh, no, I watched it on my phone. I'm kidding. I watched it on my phone. So I was like, ooh, hold on. Let me... And I Googled it, and then I looked, and I clicked on it. Because sometimes it'll be like streaming on this, and then you click on it, and it's like link not available. So I clicked on it, and I actually went to my Amazon Prime account and Prime Video and made sure that it was all 10 seasons were there, and they are. So Yeah. MK texts me, and I'm like, streaming services hate us, because first they moved Bates. Now they're moving Stargate. Like, ugh. But at least with Stargate, we don't have to buy another one. With Bates, we had to order Peacock. That's true. Well, or, I was already paying for Peacock. I just didn't realize it. So, yeah. like, I had it already. I just didn't. Yeah. I just wasn't aware. So, at least I'm using what I'm paying for, I guess. I guess, yeah. But, yeah. All right. And so, um, yes. I think more people have Amazon than Peacock, probably. So Probably. I feel like, because the thing is, Prime Video is included if you have a Prime account, right. like, period. And I feel like everybody has Prime for shipping, so you might as well just use the video part of it, too. Yeah. Or, like, know someone who has Prime for shipping, at least. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it's time now <laughs> to get into Bates Motel Season 4, Episode 2, Goodnight Mother. 
Oh, dear Jesus. We start out with an excellent, excellent shot as our very first scene in the in this episode. Yeah. Of just darkness with one window alit and Norma's outline. If that is not a throwback to the movie. Right. And like there were so <sighs> many more horror scenes in this episode yeah. than there normally are. Because I understand it's like thriller kind of I don't think it's in the horror genre at all, but I think it's just in a thriller genre. Yeah. Um, at least I wouldn't put it like full in a horror film. Like, but this this episode can go into a horror genre for sure. Um we learn that Norma is just on the phone and she's like, This is happening, he's blacking out, we gotta get this taken care of. Then we learn she's leaving a message for the doctor. And then as she calls him back, we learn she's leaving several messages for the doctor. I literally was like, ma'am, it is a little late for this level of desperation. Like, right. And also like he told you to call his office and you're calling in the middle of the night. Like you've had so many daytime hours since. I'm I'm also very confused as to what time of day it is because it was dark. It was dark. dark. But then the next moment was Norman saying good morning. And I was like, what the fuck time is it? I think it must have been like four, three or four a.m. and like <laughs> giving us a few minutes because it was also like daylight when we wake Norman up. So yeah. I think it was a few hours of her bombarding this man by phone. Um, but yeah, so then she wakes Norman up and we learn he can't remember anything except being locked up in a room, which is like totally tracks, but not great. But not but great. then he's fucking gaslighting her for locking him up yeah okay i i get that it's norman bates and that he's a psycho Mm -hmm. and like that's and the more the show goes on the more we're supposed to see that but this episode had me shaking i was so angry i've never hated norman the way i hated him this episode 100 percent agree 100 percent. like every time he opened his mouth i was physically angry yeah, and this was another, like, lighting thing they did was when it was on Norman. It was always a darker scene. Well, and I think part of it for me is, like, the the trauma of having dated an abusive, like, a narcissistic abuser who, like, gaslit me into feeling crazy all the time. But, like, the way he was talking to her when he's like, no, you're the one who's crazy when clearly he is. Like, that is a fucking level of dark that, like, I was – it was so well done because I was so angry. I was so angry. I was so, like, I felt icky. I felt, like, creeped yeah. out. Like, it was yeah, excellent. I, I'm... I have never been as... Con- <laughs> I have ne- I, no, I have never been as concerned for Norma as I have oh my was gosh. in this episode. The entire episode, I was on edge. I was like... Well, because, like, every, every episode so far, I've gone back and forth. Like, I'll be like, this episode, I think Norma's the crazy one. This episode, I think Norman's the crazy one. And I'm like, I never know who I trust. This episode, I was like, get the fuck out of there. Run for your life. But I also never thought, like, even when I went back and forth on the craziness, I never thought, like, one of them's in danger. Like, from the other one. Mm-hmm. Like, I never felt that way. I felt like other people were in danger from both of right. them. Right. <laughs> right. But I never felt like they were in danger to each other. Yeah now um and with that norman is getting ready and he breaks into a vision that he has of norma killing audrey however we can tell it's just his mental 
Right, right, right. Because she's still wearing the blue robe. Yes. That he was wearing when he killed Aldrin. Yeah. And it's just such a wild visual. Like it was it was freaky the way that they did the lights in that and then the like the image of Norma just sitting on the freezer. Yeah. Like I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And uh, I think I think that's the moment that I knew for sure Tucker Gates didn't direct it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a suspicion just seeing the opening scene because I was like, this is a little different, but he's also shot scenes similar to that. Yeah. And he does do a lot of, he does do a lot of the, like the darker moments that are truly just homage moments. And like that window was that. So like it could have been, but this, the way the shakiness of the camera, the like fluorescent lights, like flickering, I was like, this is different. This is different. Absolutely. And, um, Then we go to the credits, which are like a half a second long. Now. Yeah, they get shorter as the season like, go on. It's done. <laughs> and it's like- also, and also, it freaked me out for a second because it was like the fluorescent lights were flickering in the ba- basement, and then he was like, "She was like, Norman, breakfast is ready," and then it flicks to fluorescent again. But it was the hotel fluorescent, and I was like, yes. "Whoa!" Like even that was like well incorporated into this episode, yeah. and. It was, again, so quick. Like, they're just like, we just want you to know what show you're watching in case you forgot. But, like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we want. Correct. And if you miss it, that's on you. Right. Um, but we do a good bit of just following Norma and Norman around this episode, which is convenient. No, but, and it doesn't, you know, all flows very well. Yeah. Um, so we have a brand new day. It's a new light. We're waking up from the darkness. And that's how we're starting this episode post credits, which is eerily not as refreshing as I'd like it to be. <laughs> Correct. No, there's there's no no safety in that light. No, it is um too too perfect and proper. And um after his vision, Norman is very um questioning of Norma. And he's like, Where were you? What is this? And she's like, I went got groceries. And he's like, Where are the grocery bags? She's like dude what is happening right now and like she she literally goes eat your breakfast i'm throwing it out yeah and like to be fair she doesn't know that anything happened yet because as we saw through the mission norman went through all the steps of like hiding this body and whatnot but yeah but that's the thing oh i gotta say there i there's so much confusion in this episode because like obviously but like Norma has covered things up for him before and she was so and she was but here's the thing in this moment I don't think that she does know like I don't know that I don't know if she knows or not because like she was so desperate on the phone at the beginning and she's so skittish and weird about him having broken out of the room when she locked him in that I'm thinking maybe she does know because it's not until later when he's like confronting her that we see the genuine like yeah confusion so I'm like But so, like, but I, my note for the scene was, unfortunately, he's too smart for you to lie to. Like, it's, he's crazy and he's going to go in the wrong direction anyway. But your lies and the way you lie to other people doesn't work on him. You can't lie to him because he now that just adds to his fuel. Yep. Because now it's just reinforcing that he's not crazy to him. Right. He's lying all the time. Yeah, so uh, we have a we have a brief uh, brief reprieve, I guess, with Emma. 
And um, it was a little, a little anxiety inducing, but not as much as it should have been. Well, here's, here's the thing. I didn't, that scene didn't cause me anxiety because um, I feel like I understand um, medicine a little bit more than Dylan, apparently. Yeah. Um, because he, I literally was like, Dylan, sir, you're going to need to calm yourself down because it is not magic. When someone gets a lung transplant, there are things that have to happen first. And um, figuring out how to use fucking lungs is one of them. Yeah, I thought that was a... Um... <sighs> A choice in that scene because it was like he like full out panics at first and i was like this felt so like unnatural yeah like the the hospital scenes with emma and, and uh dylan felt off this episode they did they felt really off i didn't like them right um but i also think that by the end we realized that's because something's off with dylan like that's i that's what how i took it I think so. I think it's also because this is the first episode that um, Tim Southam has, like, filmed, I guess, really, with Emma and Dylan being Emma and Dylan. And because whenever she took out the, like, the drugs or whatever over there, I think she interacted more with Gunner that episode. It, yeah. wasn't a, it wasn't a Dylan and Emma episode. And so, like, mm. we've been seeing these hospital scenes filmed just one way. It's just been Tucker Gates. And now yeah. filming a whole different scene that he hasn't like worked with before in a whole different like environment. Yeah, but I also think and I also think that like truthfully, I think that Dylan and Emma scenes um felt out of place, not necessarily with the way that they interacted, but more because right. everything in this episode was so high stakes and they just weren't and it was like we needed enough of them to not forget about them because their story is obviously important in the overall scheme of the story but to be fair this episode would have been better if they were just not in it at all because the flow would have been better but then we also would have had that awkward um moment of like next episode having been like oh shit what happened to dylan and emma like you know what i mean right i definitely agree and that's what i feel like when he was like it felt like he was overreacting i felt like tim southam was trying to make it feel high stakes through the whole thing and it's like it's not quite the same and the like, thing it's is, not quite the, the same and the thing is i didn't there were later scenes with dylan and emma that felt high stakes in a different way right so i just wish that this had been a little better this one was more dramatic than it was. It yeah, could have this been really subtle and had a better effect. I think yes. making it a subtle scene would have had a better effect. And sure. I think, to be fair, this is probably the only scene in the episode that I really felt wrong, was wrong. I, I agree. Yeah. So, I just thought it was a dumb scene at the, at the end of it. I was like, this is a dumb scene, but it's fine. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really the only one I have a lot of complaints about. Yeah, same. Um, and then we go back to Norma and, uh, Norman, this another lighting scene where Norman Norma's in the light, cleaning, like getting prepared, getting things set up, and Norman comes out of the shadows to talk to her, but then tries to make it like a normal scene yeah. where he's like, "Let's have a movie night. What do you want to watch?" And I was like, "Norman, this is not normal. This oh. is, you are coming out of the dark shadows because you are like demented." Oh, and. I, um, I wrote I wrote Norman's pissing me off so much this episode. Like I was so angry. I was like, I don't know. I have never been this angry about his existence. Freddie Highmore did too good of a job. <laughs> he did so well, so well. Which is a lot of what the, like the critics and stuff said about this episode too. They were like, I didn't know it could get to this point. Like on Bates, and um, yeah. 
because it did get so intense and it just keeps building yeah and their characters like keep transforming and it's like you you can it's like there's no end in how talented these like actors can be mm-hmm. like how much they can evolve oh i know it's amazing especially the i would say the the big five like the five who've been there from the beginning they all had emma less so than the other four in this episode but they all had like hugely dramatic emotional moments yeah and like that that's fair i mean emma is in a spot where it's hard for her (laughs) have a lot of reactions she's yeah on the edge of life and whatnot um but i mean Al, especially Alex, Norma, and Norman, like the three of them. Oh yeah, and I think I think like Dylan's that. was subtle, but I think um, in the long run, it's bigger emotionally than we so realize. Too. And so I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm also ready for that. But but alas, there's more episode before we get there. Yes, 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 yes. So um, now Norman and his untrustingness of Norma, she goes down to clean a motel room, which assumably, presumably, is um audrey's yeah well she said she said a woman checked out um this morning and nobody was staying at the hotel so it must have been audrey yeah and um norman's like oh yeah because you killed her doesn't say that but that's the look on his face he's like yeah that's what happened so then he's like when she goes down to clean the hotel he uh immediately goes down to the basement check the freezer and i was like oh god she's still gonna be there she's not (laughs) um that's cool that means she go he didn't have a car. That's, that, that's I literally, I literally was like, did Norma already clean up the body after him? Like, I don't, I don't. I, right. Oh, that's why I was so confused as to what she knew and what she didn't in this episode. Like, I am absolutely baffled. Yeah, I went back and forth so much on that too because of it. Like, it's, it's like, how did this happen? But also, he's blacked out for an entire day, so like, you could do a lot of damage in a day. And he cleaned up after his murder of Bradley in in the day, but like. It's very strange. Um, so then Norma comes back and can't find Norman, who is just creepily standing in the basement. Like, I'm telling horror, horror imagery this entire episode. It's yeah. Insane. And I I put that like Freddie Highmore just looks terrifying in the scene. Mm-hmm. And he starts accusing her. And he's like, you've been telling me I'm crazy, but you're killing everyone. And she's like, hold up. <laughs> she's like, she's like, hey, Norman, why are all of your dead animals stinking on my basement, like out of the freezer? He goes, I don't know, maybe somebody moved them to put something bigger in, like a human, like the woman you killed last night. And Norman's, Norma's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Like, and then that's, that's when I was like, oh, she literally doesn't even know he killed somebody else. Like genuinely genuinely has no idea what is happening in this moment yeah um fantastic right so uh then she starts losing it basically but he's telling her he's like i think you need to let me handle things from now on and she's like nope don't think don't think that's a good idea and i was like yep nope norman you're just killing a lot of people now like that's how you're handling everything it's just by killing people so that's cool um and norman norma is terrified at this yeah. moment, Alex stops by and she is and she's just like, Hey, how's it going? Everything's fine. And uh he's like, You might want to get that pit filled in so people don't just like die. And that's like when she realized she's like, Oh my god, what if the body's in the pit? Like, of yeah. yeah. So um But what did he say? He said something. 
And I was like, that's a really solid analysis of the situation, Alex. Like, he says something that she, like, plays off. Like, no, like, that's not what's going on at all. Well, he asked her if she's afraid of being here alone with him. Before and- it, was, it was before that, because then my next note just says, no, you absolutely should be scared. But I don't right. remember how he described it, but he describes it in a way that I go, yeah, no, that's, that's. Yeah, he's like, I'm so sorry. He's telling her, he's like, I'm sorry for not marrying you. I'm sorry that you can't, like, this is such a big deal and everything and I can't do anything about it whatever blah blah blah. and um he's like are you afraid of being alone with him and she's like no not at all everything's fine I was like you're a liar I'm afraid of you being alone with him but fine right I was like you absolutely should be scared like 125 percent and then your man really steps up I know steps up yes but no I was angry Later, I'm not angry anymore. But I was like, you poor fucking sap. Don't do it. Okay. So, yes. (laughs) I had the same reaction. Because he goes home and takes that that money, probably illicit money, out of the floorboards. And goes to the the home Pine Pine View. Pine View, yeah. Get Norman placed there. And we learn that his mom was apparently in and out of these places. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't realize it was that intense. Well, I mean, she kills herself. Well, yeah, but I didn't realize she was in and out of hospitals all the time. Like, in and out of I homes. mean, because I mean, could you imagine his dad taking care of her himself? That's that's also fair. It just it just didn't cross my mind. It does make right. sense. It, it does just, make sense. It just didn't cross your mind, which is fair. I literally go, oh, mm, checks out. Like, that was my, yeah. So then he's like. I know how this works. You always have a bed for a senator's son. You always have a bed for someone who's high profile. Like, here's the money for two months rent or two months whatever pay. And and then and then and and he was like, and then from then on, Norman will be on my insurance. And she was like, how? What's your relation to him? He's marrying her mother because he's decided he's going to marry Norma. And I was like, what is happening, Alex? Um. So to be fair, the spoiler that I had. The spoiler that I had, because remember I told you that I was trying to Google a picture of Nestor Carbonell to show Dan who my celebrity, current celebrity crush is. And when you Google Alex Ramirez or Alex Romero, I don't know why I said Ramirez. When you Google Alex Romero and the pictures that show up, the first three pictures, one of them is him putting a ring on Norma's hand at a courthouse. And I was like, but this was before... Like when when there was still that weird sexual tension, and I was yeah. like, no, absolutely not. So then, last episode when she was like, "Just marry me," I was like, I had a feeling that was going to be your spoiler. I did not, I didn't know for sure, and I didn't look it up. Yeah. But when you were like, oh, "I was looking up Alex," and it's something about Alex Norma, I was like, "They're getting married." <laughs> I was like, "That's no that was, question." Yeah, that was That's a spoiler that I knew, and I was very unhappy about it and now that i know the situation i'm less unhappy about it but i'm still unhappy about Uh, it i'm pretty unhappy about it i mean we have to get norman put away sure we have to get norman put away and then okay and then based on how he handles her and everything at the end of this episode i'm less unhappy about it but also i'm unhappy for him but i think it's uh, yes the baits (laughs) sure sure that's a fair fair point yes i don't i don't like it for him right at all so um, we're left with that at Pineview, and we go back to the, the Bates home, and we have another creepy 
shot of the house. Like, mm-hmm. these images, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. snapshot saved in time. Would you like to talk about what happens next? Yeah, I okay. sure would. So, um, Norman, yeah, you thought, you thought I might. Um, Norman starts reading or he's reading and at first you don't see that he's reading a book you don't like know what he's saying sounds like an exorcism it's well no it sounds like he's telling his mom he's in love with her oh i thought it's (laughs) we went two separate directions well because here's the thing he is reading an excerpt from my favorite book which is why my note says you don't ruin my fucking favorite book you sicko um He's reading um, an excerpt from my favorite book, um, particularly from the end of the book, where Pip, who my gecko is named after, is explaining to Estella that he will always love her and that she is everything that a woman should be. But because she is everything that a woman should be and everything that he has always loved, he will be ruined for his entire life because he will never be able to love because she is such a horrible, harsh, evil woman. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> and he's reading this out loud to his mother, who he just accused of murdering all of the girls he slept with because she was jealous of them. And I was like, don't you fucking take Pip and Estella and ruin it and make it nasty, you sick, demented piece of shit. I thought it was an excellent choice for the show. Yeah, it was an excellent choice for the show. It was perfect. <laughs> but I'm angry about it because... Pip is my love. I know. Don't tell your gecko. Just don't tell him. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. No, but Pip, like the character, Pip is also like. No, I know. That's what I'm saying, though. Just don't tell him. It's, that it's funny. Was ruined by the baits. It's funny because I just literally as soon, as soon as the first word came, like the first three words, I was like, "No, <laughs> don't you dare." And then, and I was like, because I was, I, I mean, I basically memorized that book. But then when it got to the point when he actually said Estella, I was like. So I haven't I, read the book. So I had to look up what book it was. And as soon as I saw what book it was, I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk about this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I was feelings within three words. I was like, no, 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 sir. But also excellent job to the writers oh phenomenal like aside from my personal hang-ups like that almost makes it better for people who like are so into great expectations it makes them that much more because also also sorry i have chills with what i'm about to just say right now so you've never read a great expectation so do you know the story okay so (laughs) pip little orphan boy because that's what charles dickens writes about he goes to work in this house for this rich old lady and he falls in love with her niece Mm -hmm. and then it's like the story is their whole life all of this time he goes back and forth and she's beautiful and she flirts with him and she loves him but she's also rich and horrible and mean he is a poor orphan boy and she ruins his life and he can't ever love because he loved her but the rich aunt whose house what is this like what sweetie todd was based off of the main storyline i don't know it sounds sounds i mean 
I mean, to be fair, like most Victorian literature is poor orphan boy who loves a rich girl who's never going to love him back. Like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but the Dickens inspired a lot more than like, like we have Oliver because of him. Like, oh he, yes, but I mean Oliver is quite literally actually Oliver Twist just as a musical, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yes. that's we have the whole Oliver yeah. storyline and like how that has like translated into uh, yeah and whatnot because of him. So, like, I would think he's more influential on pop culture yeah. than some other writers. Of, like, oh, for right? sure. Um, I mean, and Great Expectations. Great Expectations has so much more of an influence than people even realize a lot of times because people haven't read the book, but it like is everything. It's my favorite book ever, 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 ever. But anyway, one day it's on my list. The old, the old lady in the book, who is Estella's aunt, her name is Miss Habersham, and Miss Habersham is a very important character in um, his in literature because Miss Habersham is the epitome of the jilted bride. Mm. Like she is, she is like an eighty-year-old woman, but there is a room in her house that is still, to this day, set up for her wedding because she was left at the altar. The cake is still there completely covered in like mold and rats. Her dress is still there. Like it's fucking disgusting, but it's like preserved. I love and the idea of Norman using that book to describe his feelings for his mother. And then what happens in fucking psycho with her preserved in that nightgown, in the basement is like I quite literally have chills on every inch of my body right now. That is such an excellent parallel. I'm telling you, like I've heard, I, I talked about this last week. I know I'm doing it again. Um, ever like I've heard so many people like they're like, it falls off after like the third season. And I'm like, it doesn't. It like, no. There's a couple episodes that lull because I mean, what? A, there's not one show. That's there's not, not one happen. show that's perfect every single week, right? But, but this one like stands up to others a lot. I like, mean, and granted, we're only on episode two of season four, and I get that. Like maybe the rest of season four is going to be garbage, but like I don't know. But I hear season may- five was better. I was like, but, so but like I don't no, know. <laughs> is, I mean, and like, but it's like, and here's the thing: it's subtle. It is it's subtle, and like. Sure, this episode's darker, but like those things, like if you are not me and fucking insane, um, the the perfect subtleness of why that book was chosen doesn't read. And I I could tell watching it that it was chosen perfectly, and I didn't understand why, but I knew you'd tell me. So um, I didn't but, but even and even like I know we're not there in the episode yet, but even um that book being chosen and then having will decody talk about the fact that he was a professor of victorian literature and that dylan is not good enough for the expectations emma has for her life now like it's the writing on this episode is worth watching the entire show right it was so well but it's but it's but it's like if you if you don't know Charles Dickens, if you don't know those parallels or have someone who can explain them to you, it it's a good episode. But the the intricacies, the the way that it's written for writers yep. is why general public probably didn't like it as much. All right. And the thing is, like this episode, it had everything. 
while it maybe wasn't 10 out of 10 because that's a real hard line, the writing, the lighting, the direction, the it was so well crafted. This is probably mm-hmm. I would say this is the, the best episode we've had. I was going to say this is if not the best episode, definitely top 3 in terms of the flow, in terms of the mm-hmm. twists, in terms of the characters like it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, except for that, you know, the why it's not a 10, that one scene with Dylan crying in the hospital. That that yeah. ruined it. It could have been a 10 out of 10, but then Dylan freaked out. Right. Dylan had a panic about something that was just like, calm down. That was, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that's my great expectations rant for the day. You, that's, what I was, that's what I was expecting for the scene. So excellent. Um, and she tells Norman, she's like, stop reading. You can't do this anymore. And she sends him upstairs and she goes outside and she is, bless her heart, climbing around in this pit, looking for presumably a dead body presumably i say that that word differently and wrong every time i say it i don't Presuma- know presumably yes yeah every you time say- i say it i always correct myself but i always start out saying it the wrong way oh, okay but different every time <laughs> and um so she's um another good lighting scene she is in this dark damp hole digging for like walking around looking for a body and she finds something that's so dark you're like expecting the worst but as she rises up with what she finds the sunlight comes out over the top and it shows that it's just a worker's glove and it's like the piece that you get from knowing there's not a dead body there and it's like it's so perfect so excellent and then she hears people drive up so she rushes out of the hole I expect it to be Alex. It was not I. It was people who have never seen her act a fool. It was these new people trying to check in. And so she's like, I'm going to go check in these guests. And Norman's just standing outside creepily. And he's like, I know you're hiding a dead body. Like, <laughs> she, it's wild. And so oh, he's yeah. like, I'm going to check them in. She's like, no, 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 I got it. He's like, you look insane. You can't, which is fair. She does look insane in this moment. And I also think she should clean up before she talks to like people that are. I, I get it. I get it. But. But Norman's but. not the best alternative. Like you know, here's, here's the thing. It's not even about the fact that Norman is not the best alternative, which is absolutely fair. Mm-hmm. He's not. But this scene explains exactly how Norman got to be who he is without yeah. explaining anything. Because uh-huh. her inability to be a parent and tell him no is how he has this much freedom. Like, and, and as a teacher who works with um, a bunch of kids whose moms want to be their best friend, um, there is nothing more that I cannot stand in parent-child dynamics than watching a parent have no ability to be a parent. Mm-hmm. I was like, put your foot down. Do not let him talk to you like that. Yep. That's not how you parent. Like, no wonder he thinks he has control over you. Because he does, because you've let him. And this is exactly where we see that power dynamic flip. Mm-hmm. This is where Norman no longer is going to listen to Norma. Mm-hmm. And she has, the the mm-hmm. little grasp of control she had is gone. Gone. It's just, in, insanely, it's disappeared. Um, Which is scary. And so then Norman is checking in these guests and he's, he is the 
pleasant um, host, like, what is the word I'm looking for? What is his job? Hospitality? Yeah, but they have, it's a word. Manager? I guess, the manager, somebody who checks you in. And um, he plays the Anthony Perkins role so well. So well. So well in this episode. Exactly how we saw Anthony Perkins in the scene where Marion Crane comes in. Not Marion Crane. Mary, yes, Marion Crane is yes. the act of the yes, character. Yes, yes, yes. And um, mm-hmm. comes in to the hotel, and he's this nice, polite, very chill, very relaxed guy who is, like, yeah. what you want in a hospitality worker. And they say that. They're like, you're great. Like, we're so glad to have you. And he's like, yeah, great. I'm great. We're great. Everything's fine. Everything's great. Everything's normal here. <laughs> and, um, but then we go back to Norma, who is getting a call from Alex. And he, oh, he tells her that he got Norman into Pineview, but with some caveats, obviously, and that he's going to marry her. And I was like, well, that's a way to do it, I guess. Yeah. But Alex is convinced he's dangerous because he is. <clears throat> well, and here's the thing. She, he's like, he's, he's 18, so he will have yeah. to sign the papers himself. You can't make him um, go in involuntarily. Unless he's dangerous and he's basically like giving her a leading question. And she's like, no, 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 he's not dangerous. And I literally was like, okay, I get it. I get the ruse. I get the that fact that you've been lying to yourself for so long. But Alex is quite literally willing to marry you and pay for your son to get help because he cares so much about you. Stop lying to him. Like after everything that he has done for you, after everything that he has seen you do, after all of the murder and all of the crazy, don't lie to him. Like stop lying to him because he always knows that you are lying too. Right. Like he knows he knows um that uh Norman killed his dad. Mm-hmm. Um he knows that Norman was hanging out with the prostitutes before Bob killed them. He know he killed Bob and the other sketchy guy for um for you, the other sketchy guy who worked with Keith. He co- or with Zach and Keith. He covered up Zach and Keith's murders. He helped Dylan take down the cartel and cover up um Blair's dad's murder and the and Zane's murder at this point why are you still lying to him right that that is that is eight dead bodies that he has helped you he is literally only on your side he's not even on his own side he's only on your side correct that is that is eight dead bodies and the other two the 10 dead bodies that we have so far the other two the girls he just doesn't know about them right but well no i mean he he knows about blair but he believed Norman's polygraph test that he didn't kill Blair. Yeah. Which is not true. Not Bradley or Audrey yet. <laughs> yeah. So we learned that he's faxed the paperwork over for Pineview to the motel, which is where Norman currently is checking in these guests still and tells them he's putting yeah. in seven for good luck. And then we hear the fax machine beep. And so does Norman. Yeah. And he pulls the facts out and it's end of scene, which is, I assume, where it was where it went to commercial for me. I, I think you don't have commercials, right? I don't have commercials, no. Well, that's where it went to commercial for me. And I was like, that's well done. I hate it. <laughs> I hate I, 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 yeah. But 
unfortunately, we don't go next to what happened in Ormond. We go back to the hospital where Dylan and Will are chatting. And he, he, you can tell he really does like Dylan and he wants Dylan and Emma to be happy. But he's also like, this isn't the life for Emma. He's like, you have to stop selling pot. He's like, you have to do better. He's like, you're better than that. She's better than that. Mm-hmm. And now that it's going to be a long-term, like she's going to have a life and not just be worried about dying every day. You have to make better choices basically. Yeah. And, and he, um, he, he said, he said, she's not going to be a girl who's just waiting to die anymore. She right. has a future. Like, mm. like such a good line. And also, but like, he, but he also says it right after saying that he was a professor of Victorian literature right. and he bring, and he specifically brings up Tennyson and Dickens. And that I was like, all the connections. Yeah. And um, so Dylan goes to talk with Emma and he's saying the sweetest things to her. He's like, it's like you're being unleashed on the world now. Like you're finally able to live up to your full potential. And I was like, oh, she is. She is being unleashed on the world because you know she's like a firecracker. She's just going to like take the world by storm now. And they're so and sweet. Then, and then he says that he's leaving to go um, make sure Gunnar didn't burn on the farm. And she's like she's like but you're coming back and he says do you want me to come back and she said of course i do and he kisses her on the cheek but he doesn't say anything because you can tell that he's conflicted because he's like i really love her i really want us to be together but i also know that will's right like but i don't think it's i don't think it's like as easy as i'm just gonna quit doing that and be better because he doesn't think about himself as better because he knows better, about yeah. he knows about norma he knows about caleb he knows about his brother he knows that he is never going to be what will will want his daughter to be with um especially the more he learns and i think that the last thing he would ever do is lie to emma so he just doesn't answer her because he's never gonna come back that's how it's always been. He's never lied to Emma, but he's always just not answered her when he was like, this isn't what you want to hear. And this isn't what you should hear. So, and that's why I'm sure he's not going to come back. I. Not for her. Not. I'm sure. I'm, uh, but I'm part of it. Part like, of, oh yeah. Part of it's because I know the end of the book, the way that great expectations is written and the way that the parallel of how Will talked about the two of them, he's not going to come back. Like that was goodbye think he'll come back to the hospital but i don't know that this is the end of emma and dylan i don't know, I know you think so but i'm i, I'm, I don't I'm, think he's let go yet i think oh I think no i i don't think he's let go i don't think emotionally he's let go but i think that he cares enough about her that he will think that being involved is not going to help and i think that if they're ever like in the same place again it's going to be because she norman kills her like i think that that's where we're at like i think that i think that this emma dylan story might not be over in terms of them both caring Mm -hmm. but he's not coming back yeah i i think that's i think that's fair i'm very interested to see how this turns out Mm -hmm. because it's not over but it's not possible either yeah like, no for sure no, that's why i yeah i don't necessarily think that storyline is over but i think that the idea of him coming back for her he will not yeah. like <clears throat> i i do agree with that um <laughs> go back to norman <laughs> and uh he's hearing his father talk now and this is the first time we've seen him see someone who wasn't his mother um telling him stories and it's because he started to believe the worst in her. And so now he's seeing his father 
tell her, tell him that Norma's crazy. Yeah. And that he didn't do any of these things she's saying that she did him. He killed her. She killed him and she's just blaming all Norman. <sighs> Which is interesting. So, um, and then we go back to Norma who, who runs down to the office to look for the facts. And we know, we know that she's too late. And I think she knows she's too late, but yeah. she's just reaching out to any branch she can get. And, um, mm-hmm. So she comes back and Norman's telling her she has to stay inside. And uh, he says, I'm not leaving. And she's like, well, just, she's like, fine, we're going to make some pot pie. We're going to do this. And he's like, she's like, just go upstairs or whatever. Go, go rest. And he's like, I'm not leaving you alone, mother. And um, he tells her, I'm afraid of you and I love you. And I was like, this is how Norman's felt from him, about him from the beginning. And now it's, it just, it shows how much the dynamic has flipped. It's just so, and it's like, I don't know how much longer this duo can run now that it's flipped, which is putting me a little, a little on edge. While I do know how the show, how Psycho happens. Right. um, It's still like, watching (sighs) the show still makes me like, Mm -hmm. like, it's still. Yeah. It's funny because like, I know, I know because this is a prequel to Psycho Mm -hmm. that the one thing that will never happen is Norman dying. But the right. number of times, the number of times that I'm like, just just kill him. Just like just right. just take like I the number of times that I'm so sure she's gonna snap and stab him, I'm like, oh wait, that can't happen, but I still am there a hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Ugh. And then they have this super tense dinner and he's telling her that she killed everyone and is blaming him. And she starts, of course, getting scared and nervous. And so she runs upstairs to get away from him. And it turns out he's taken her gun away, too. So not only is he losing his mind and blaming everything on her, he now is in control of a gun. I literally was like, Norma, get out of... When she ran upstairs, I was so angry at her. I understood that she was running for the gun. I did. But I also was like, run out of the house. That's what I said. literally anywhere. Anywhere that is not still in the house with a psychopath. Right, right. And um, that's not how that goes. So she tries to, like, seduce him to take the gun away. That was very uncomfortable. But I think she's also uncomfortable in that scene. So that's good, at least. She's finally got some boundaries in her head. Um, But a little late for that. So uh, she's trying to seduce him to get the gun. And he figures it out. And so she runs away again and locks herself in a room. And calls Alex, which like, dude, we are, again, you are late to the game, but. Here's the thing. In that moment, it was basically like, I'm going to die and I just need you to know how much I care about you thing. And I was so sure she was going to tell him she loved him. I also thought that. I think that her intentions are wrong. I think that her motivation is wrong and I don't think she's mentally stable, which at this point I don't necessarily think is her fault between childhood trauma and Norman. Like there, I don't blame her for being unstable. I don't think she's capable of love truly, but I think if there's any relationship she's ever had that is despite having selfish motivations might actually have any chance of having genuine feelings. 
Right. I think it's Alex. Like, I think Alex is the only person she's ever been like, even when I want to be mad at you, I don't know how to be mad at you. Like, it's the closest thing to a legitimate, like, bond that she's ever had. Yeah. And it's the closest thing to a healthy relationship she has, even though it's, the like, super unhealthy. How, how fucked up is your life when the closest thing that you have to a healthy relationship is the person that you have trauma bonded with over your countless murders together? Yep. Yep. That is rough. Like, I will always think Norma was <laughs> and I will also always feel bad for her. Yes. No, at this point, at this point, like, I went back and forth, and you remember in the beginning, I was like, no, she's the fucking crazy one. But at this point, she I is, blame- and I feel bad. Oh, like- <laughs> no, I, I 100% blame her for Norman getting as bad as he did. There was so many options she could have taken so much younger in life if she hadn't been traumatized. But because it's because she was traumatized, I feel so deeply for the pain that she had never learned how to handle. And it's put her in this position. Absolutely. And that is why mental health education is so fucking important. Yep. Yep. Very important. It is necessary. Um, Yeah. So, of course, we come back to a creepy house with creepy music. Um, I did look up the song and then I forgot to write it down. So I forgot the name of the song. So sorry about it. Is this when they had that scene, that shot of the house, like from under like the weird angle mm-hmm. of just the house. Oh, that was fucking brilliant. It was really well done. Um, and then she's walking through the house at this point, trying to like, I don't know, escape or whatever it seems Oh, and oh, 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 it wasn't because it wasn't creepy music. It was like creepy because it wasn't creepy. Right. It was like, it was, <clears throat> it was like, of the movie. It was the movie, yeah. the Fred Astaire movie that um, right. Norman had playing on his laptop. Mm-hmm. And so we walked by and we see that the computer is on. And I was like, that's cool. He's just left a movie on. And then she grabs these very long and terrifying looking scissors. And, and I was um, like, oh, you're just going to kill him. Oh, right. That's like very Norman of her to grab a sharp object to stab with. And um, the this is where it's like, this is pure horror lighting. Like, this lighting is not used for anything. Oh, yeah. No, this whole scene where she was walking around the house with the scissors trying to figure out where he was and calling him. And then that shot of the um, above this and the staircase. Yeah. And, um, she gets down to the bottom and he turns the light on because of course we have to have a creepy conversation in the basement. The creepy and, and him, him, him in silhouette in the dark and just the, I, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. It was, I'm glad. Okay. I was trying to watch this episode at work last night and then it was crazy and it just didn't end up having enough time. So I had to watch it in the morning, but now that I watched it, thank God I watched it during daylight because right? I would have been unable to sleep last night not because i don't i think that it's the scariest thing i've ever watched but the shots yeah were were just yeah yep it was a rough it was a rough one rough one for sure um so then we're having a conversation with norman and he is deciding that they're just gonna do a double suicide he's like I was, like, mur- I was like murder suicide is murder suicide is not the option roman Mur- nope. norman norman also roman not the also <laughs> roman yeah why 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 do these skinny blondish men always choose murder suicide Ugh. Ugh. the skinny troubled men 
and their double suicide, their murder suicides. What can you say? Um, but then, of course, Alex shows up, busts in the door, is yelling for Norma, and he comes. And he doesn't show up alone. He brings the cops with, like the he actual police up. with him, like a like a human should. With like, like logic, Alex Romero, I love you so much. Yes, and um, so he tells Norman, he's like. You're gonna come with me. We're gonna we're gonna go to county because he's refused to sign. And she's like, he's refused to sign the paperwork. And he's like, great, we're going to county. You got to go somewhere. Yeah, I don't care. He's not staying here. And Correct. Like, yes. Good. Good. So she runs out with the paperwork, and she's like, if you sign this, you go to Pine View. If you don't, you go back to county. She's like, I don't want you to go there. I only want what's best for you. And like with zero emotion, he just signs the paperwork and gets in the car. And he's on his way to Pineview. That's the end of the episode. (laughs) My thoughts. I think he signed the paper because he will have an easier time manipulating the people at Pineview than at County. I think he did it as it almost fine i'll do this because you want it but like with the stoic face he's like but don't think this is over type thing like that was the vibe i got was that like i'm gonna sign this but it's not over and you know that and i know that and um well but here's the other thing here's the other thing mm -hmm. because i think that he is um too smart for any of the nonsense that's happening right at pineview she can see him Mm-hmm. At county, she can't, and he knows that. Yep. And she feels guilty, and she will come visit, and he will manipulate her. And he will probably talk her out of anything. Mm-hmm. He'll talk his way out of there, for sure. For sure. So my, those are my theories. Um, He is going to manipulate the shit out of Norma, and also Dylan is never going to come back to Norma. Those are my theories. And those are both very valid theories. Very I, depressing, upsetting theories, but valid theories. Well, this is a Bates Motel. It's not like so, we're not remember when we happiness. said Remember when we said fuck negativity? That was a lie. Just throw it out the window. It's fine. You don't need that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a rough time here in a Bates Motel. But White Pine Bay. Pine Bay. Um, so... Um, with that said, what do you want to punch in the face? If there is an answer that's not Norman Bates, I'd love to hear a reason. Because what the fuck? So he is absolutely also my number one. But because I knew you were going to pick him. Because who wouldn't? Right. I also picked Norma because she just dragged this on way too long. Yeah. like That's true. I did, I did rant her. about her. I did rant about her inability to parent quite a bit. Right. She... Very much should have done done better. Do better. Yeah. Better, Norma. Do better. Um, who's your MVP? My husband. Right. Alex yeah. Romero. Sheriff. Yes. Sheriff Daddy Romero. That is uh, also the only correct option. <laughs> Again, because I knew you'd pick that, I picked Will Dakota because Which he's is, trying to like, yeah. make sure everyone is like on board. With mm-hmm. where they need to be. So, yeah. um, good for him. Um, 
have one trivia slash maybe error for you. Maybe okay. foreshadowing. I don't know because I don't know what happens in the next episode. Okay. Um, Alex didn't take the papers that Norman signed when he left to go take him to Pineview. Norma's still holding them while she's standing there watching the car drive off. Is she going to fax them? Is there more that she has to sign? More that she she just needed a signature? Know. So, was like, that would be... error? Was it a... Right. That's fair. No, because, like, in my mind, well, yeah, he get, she got a signature, but then she's got to fill out the rest of the paperwork and fax it over. Like, that. that's why I didn't, like, that's... But, um, no, but then, like, where's Alex going to take him? You were frozen. Suddenly. Suddenly you were frozen. Oh, well, I wasn't frozen on mine. Um, so hopefully on the recording it wasn't. No, um, but I, no, I was saying, like, she could just need to, like, fill out more and fax it over. But then at the same That's time, if Alex, if Alex doesn't have the paper, where is he taking him? Right. And also, like, what's going to happen if he gets there without the paperwork being sent over? Like, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of questions. A lot of questions. So many questions. So, I am. Um, yep, I think that's it. I also, I think your um, predictions are factual. I am glad you are now spoiler free. Yes, I'm now back to being spoiler free. Except for technically, I'm not a hundred percent because that scene that I saw the image of hasn't happened yet. But like at this point, I know it's going. We it, it's been right. become very clear that Alex and Norma will be married. Right. Um, unfortunately, I will never be spoiler free because I know what happens in the last episode. <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. I mean, to be fair, I'll never be spoiler free on Stargate. That's true. That's true. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm shook. <laughs> I, yeah, this it episode has been yes a journey for sure. And um, I am thankful we are recording in two days, so I can see what happens next <laughs> very quickly. Yeah. Also, just like apologies to everyone because I think that these have been two of the longest episodes we filmed. Oh my gosh, I think so. But like, they were both really good and yeah, said important things. Mostly, yeah. Stargate were important things. This was just a lot of concern. <laughs> important concern but concern yeah. right <laughs> so um if you have any predictions if you are marrying anyone on the show like i will be married to dylan and mk will be married to alex romero if you like anyone or, else. or if you're like marrying anyone for insurance and you want to tell me how that works oh yeah tell us if we can uh, mm. do a little don't we don't want to talk about insurance fraud no we, ju- we do not want to talk about insurance fraud but like we also kind of want to know about insurance fraud but like right. vaguely and without names right yeah like if you've heard stories I yeah they're interesting um so you can tell us by emailing us death and aliens at gmail.com all of the social media is death and aliens you can find me at ce cloud 13 and you can find me absolutely everywhere at e-m-k-a-y underscore superstar And we will see you the day after my birthday for Sci-Fi Sunday. See ya. See ya.